When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know the difference between hockey and those other sports? You gotta be tough to be a hockey player. I idolized Dominic Kaczyk. I played goalie because of Dominic Kaczyk. My life in hockey has been started because of Sabres hockey. I didn't need playoffs this year. I wanted it, but I didn't need it. But when you screw up for the fans as much as the team has over the last, like, five years, and just don't hold yourself accountable, I'm sorry, I'll hang up and listen, I'm sorry. Welcome to Two Goalies, One Mike, an in-depth look and behind-the-mask conversation about the greatest game on earth, where everything goes and nothing's off limits. Now I'll tell you something about this guy. This is only three minutes, eh? Whammo! Welcome, everybody, to episode 135 of Two Goalies, One Mike, brought to you by Outlet Liquor, the place to buy a case on George Urban Boulevard. Sorry for a little bit of a late start. My co-host uh, was having some tech issues, but uh, we are here and we are ready. So better late than never, right? It's the, middle of, it's the middle of summer. I don't know how you expect me to be in like mid-season form right now. <laughs> Yeah, none of us are mid-season four, man. I'm an absolute train wreck right now. Um, but yeah, I uh, n- mean, obviously not a ton to talk about right now. Uh, still waiting on Darlene and Power extensions. I mean, I mean, I think we're on the cusp of that. You know, hopefully, hopefully soon. Um, I know here in Buffalo, people are really focused on Bills. You know, post-training camp. You know, who's going to be on this final roster once cuts are made? You know. Isabella is shining. Uh, so not much going on in the hockey scene here other than one of the most miraculous saves you've ever seen right here. Somehow, somehow, I, knew you, somehow I knew you were going to leave the show with me. Just one more time because I don't really feel, feel like it's a pre I have two <laughs> questions. Number one, how do you get the video quality so good? Um, it's just from the cameras at. Uh, is, it, is it Live Barn or no? They have no, their own. No, cameras. it's just their own cameras. What and it said there were zero zero point zero seconds left in the period. What was the score in like? Oh, well, that was. Left? I don't know why the 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 scoreboard says that. It must be just on every video. Right at that point, it was three to one, and we had just got done killing the first of two penalties. Uh, we were shorthanded by uh, three to one, three to one, your team. Yeah. Three to one us. And we then won how, three, much, we how won much, three to two. How much time was left in the game? Um, That was with three minutes left in the second period. Okay. That's amazing. Uh, I have a, this is actually going to be funny. I, I forgot about this because I've tried to remove it from my brain, but I have a very controversial beer league hockey story that I think a lot of people could relate to, and I would like to hear people's opinions on it. Um, So this past Thursday, my team uh, gets into the playoffs. We win four straight games to get into our beer league hockey playoffs. There's six teams out of 10 that make it. First two teams get a bye. So I think it was the fourth seed versus the fifth seed in the first round of the playoffs. We win the game four to three. It was a contentious hockey game. I uh, played really well, uh, didn't stand on my head by any means, but we won the game and it was against a team that's been in this, this league for 15, 20 years, a bunch of older guys, but you could tell that they were very upset about it. <laughs> I get a call. This was last Thursday night. I get a call last Friday from my captain. And he says that the league is potentially going to make us forfeit because the other team went through our box scores from the entire season and searched through every single game and found out that one of our players only played four regular season games instead of five. And you need five to be qualified for the playoff roster. So 
we counter back to the league saying, if he'd only played four games, how was he on eligible to even play in that game? How was he on the playoff roster? And that guy countered with, stop trying to deflect blame. This is on you guys. And you've no one to blame but yourselves. We, so this is, the, the guy talking to you is the guy who runs the league? Runs the league, yeah. So we, so we go, all right, so I'm going to check with other teams here. Have you had playoff rosters before? We check with the team that we're supposed to play in the next round. They said, yeah, that's insane. Uh, we've had playoff rosters before. He shouldn't have been allowed to play. Um, they talk about, like, the other team. Like, I can't believe they actually did that. They went through your box scores. Uh, I text the captain of the other team, and he says, well, we don't want to move on by forfeit, but if it has to be that way, then it is what it is. And I'm like, I mean, clearly they do because they yeah. went through all I the know, I was just like, you're, you're an absolute coward. This is embarrassing. I can't believe you actually did this. Uh, and then I go back through our text chain and he'd asked me to sub five times for his team that season. And uh, the games tonight before he plays tonight, I'm going to say, lose my number, never text me again to sub for your team. Um, so eventually like we go through all these things for three plus days and um, we agree on potentially like replaying the game without that player. Uh, Cause he's not a consequential member of our team by, by any means. He only played four regular season games. Uh, but eventually nothing happened and the league told us to go fuck ourselves and we're out of the playoffs. We, we forfeited. So it's what a bunch of cowards, right? Isn't that, yeah, dude. Like, isn't that one of the more embarrassing league. Like and, and, you know what it is too. The league is taking their side because they've been in the league for as long as they have. Yeah, no, it, they, it's, They're it's, all probably it's, buddy, 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 the guy, buddy. Like, like, What the fuck? Like we, we all considered going to the rink tonight and just, absolutely going off on the team, like sitting in the crowd, just booing them the entire time. Yeah. But we're not going to do that. Um, but it, it's probably something that like a lot of people can relate to because you should like, all, honestly, you should get like, what is it? How do you, uh, how many get six of you and just yeah, write, just go shirtless and write frauds. Yeah. Or like, just like anything and stand like behind their bench. Like the, like every other team in the league knows about this now. So they're just going to be like, disemboweled and chirp relentlessly for it. But like at the end of the day, like we're all out there to have fun. And they legitimately went through every single thing. They even called the league to make sure that he only checked in four times instead of five times. Like they went out of their way to advance in the playoffs by forfeit after losing to us fair and square. And like you said, it wasn't like it was a player that made or break you. No, he scored a goal. It's one thing if it's a guy that you've never seen before shows up and he just lights you up. It's a guy that used to play for that team, now plays for our team, and got in a fight with them at the end of the game. So they clearly had like an axe to grind. And even the guy from their team admitted to me, he goes, I went to him before the game and I didn't think he had enough games played. And I told him. So he knew before the game that this guy would have been ineligible. And then after they lost, he said something. He didn't say something before the game. He only said something after they lost. What a loser. I know. I'm going to text him after this. It just re- reignited my my hatred for what, what happened here. What a fucking loser, man. Uh, but yeah, beer league hockey. It's crazy. That's wild. I know, That's but wild. it's all good. I personally know in my heart that I've won, I think, seven straight games now. I'm on an absolute heater myself, as are you, apparently. So We're at four in a row right now. Yeah. Uh, at least we know in our hearts that we're solid beer league goalies, and yep. that's all that really matters. But we got- yeah, you got to watch out for these – these pricks out here, man. It's crazy. We got this daddy. We got this daddy-o's team that's uh, only got one L on the season. Um, daddy-o's yeah. the the pizzeria on Hurdle. Yeah, and they have forty thousand Instagram followers. That place. No, no, not daddy-o's pizza. I know. I know. Team. That place. Um, can I can I say my opinions on daddy-o's pizzeria? It's my neighborhood. Whatever. Yeah. That place is a front. Okay. For the mob. I believe it. So it. any affiliation with that place is <laughs> I yeah. hope I don't I hope that doesn't come back to me, but that's what that place is. All right. I mean, I I I did not know that before now. So I'm Daddy's Pizza. Born and raised in North Buffalo. A lot of Italian friends. I have a friend who lives above Daddy's Pizzeria, and I can tell you that confidently. They only take cash. Everything about that place is up front. <laughs> Dude, so you're wild. you're you're going up against the mob next week. Yeah, for the third time. Oh, that's um, exciting. Yeah, I mean, it's are they good? They're a very good team. Yes, they play. They play very well together as a team. Um, oh, that, make, that makes sense. 
their yeah. family. Yeah, it, 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 it the, 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 the funniest thing about it is they have a guy that shows up to like all their games and films. If you go on their page, I mean, there's like a video of me getting scored on like twice. I can, um, I can tell you that uh, that guy's not getting paid. No, definitely not. <laughs> but he, uh, he, 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 he sits down at the opposing goalies end and just films and they do like in locker room, like highlight reels and shit. Like, Again, like I've met the guys. I've met the guys in the team. Like we got into it our last time we played them, um, and I'll I'll hold my team accountable. We were being a bunch of dickheads. Some, well, not all of us, a small contingent of us were being dickheads. Uh, like I'll have my team's back and I'll hold them accountable whenever. When I when like, like if if, if I should have, it, it, I always have their back. But you know, in situations where it's not our fault, I'll. I will go to bat for them, but in a situation where we're we're the dicks, like I'll hold guys accountable. We we sh- I'll hold them accountable for the last time we played them. Uh, but uh, I've met the guys in the parking ramp. Um, they've always been nice to me. Uh, I've never had an issue with them. I just prefer not to be on a fucking Instagram page getting scored on on a Sunday night at nine. I, mean, I, I was gonna say if there's any team that you don't want want to rub the wrong the wrong way, it's that one. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, tread lightly tread lightly so i i uh but with that being said i i just um i'm excited for this week we're gonna be down one of our better skaters unfortunately um he doesn't need to be back from boston in time i'm actually going to the ufc fight on saturday i'm pretty excited for that in boston in boston oh that would be cool work. yeah um, quick quick little analysis uh we cover ufc a lot at my job yeah. out here so we've interviewed both Aljamain Sterling and Sean O'Malley this week. We've been covering these guys for years. I remember working back in 2016 when Sean O'Malley knocked out this dude on Dana White's Contender Series and Snoop Dogg was calling the fight. And there's this viral clip, if anyone hasn't seen it, on YouTube, type in Sean O'Malley, Snoop Dogg. He knocks out this dude. He looks like he's 12 years old and he's got this afro, stick thin. And Snoop Dogg just goes, O'Malley! O'Malley! He's just screaming O'Malley. It's one of the greatest clips ever. So that's like how he became popular. And then from that point on, he's had a lot of really, really good knockouts. He beat Peter Yan. Controversial decision uh, a couple fights ago. Uh, And Aljamain Sterling, I actually know personally. Um, I hung out with him at the UFC Apex uh, about a year and a half ago. And I was there uh, with the UFC we were there for work, but we were there watching fights and nicest guy in the world. He gives us the best interviews. He's one of the best um, wrestlers, jujitsu, um, mm-hmm. BG, BJJ uh, guys in the world. So it's a really good matchup of a very good striker and a very good grappler. And in my opinion, I think Aljamain's going to win uh, somewhat easily because he's going to get him to the ground and he's just going to lay on him. He's going to do what Khabib did to Connor essentially back in the day. Yeah. Uh, but the only shot O'Malley has is to outstrike him and stay on his feet and, and knock him out. So it should be an a- absolutely entertaining fight. I'm actually really excited. For yeah, this I'm I'm super pumped. I guess I, I've never been to a. Uh, They're so cool. I've never been to a, a UFC event before, so this is definitely kind of like out of my not out of my comfort zone, but like it's it's, um, it's a really good card too. There's a lot of high profile guys, um, and also. The women's uh, the women's title right before Wei Li Zhang, she's a beast. She's it's, an absolute beast, and all of her fights are really entertaining, high energy, a lot of strikes. Um, so yeah, that'll that'll be amazing. And also like the energy in Boston, they're obviously putting a guy named o- O'Malley on on the main card. Um, all of the Irish people are going to be supporting him. And oh, yeah, it's going to be nuts. It's, it, and, it, it'd, be, it'd be no different than if like McGregor were fighting him. Yeah, and uh, Al Jermaine's from Long Island. So he's going to have at least some contingent there. I know yeah. that. Um, so, yeah, the atmosphere is going to be amazing. And honestly, like, it has the potential to be incredibly entertaining with O'Malley potentially knocking him out. Yeah. Or really boring, but also very impressive if Sterling just lays on him and dominates him the entire time. So, yeah, yeah we'll see what happens. But I do think Sterling's going to win by decision. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, O'Malley seems like a very exciting fighter, very personable. Like I like, he's, fighters yeah, he's like a cool that. guy too. Like he's I like fighters really, like that. Really, really good interviews. Uh, but yeah, we've we've talked to Aljamain all throughout the years, and to see like his rise to the level of champion is is really cool. Yeah. So, um, with that being said, uh, 
before we kick it over to the interview with Billy Jaffe, um, try to think. Obviously, um, some sad news in the world of the NHL uh, this past week. Uh, Rodian Amiroff with the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs, obviously, about a year and a half ago, I believe it was, he was diagnosed with a brain tumor uh, just lot recently this past week, uh, you know, passed away uh, from from cancer. So uh, hearts out to the Maple Leafs fans, fan base, and obviously his family. Uh, you know, it stinks. 21 years old, first round pick. Uh, I mean, it doesn't really matter where you're drafted. Uh, just sucks to see a guy uh, whose life tragically ends as early as it did. Uh, especially in such a heartbreaking way. So, uh, stinks. Um, but you know, heart, hearts go out to the, that fan base and his friends and family. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you never want to hear about anything like that. Um, I think it was two or three years ago that it was initially reported. Yeah. And from, from, from what I read, he handled the entire process with absolute, class and grace and was extremely positive about the entire thing. He was really fighting. Um, I was, I at least hope that he was getting the me- best medical care possible. Uh, I think he was over in Russia and you got to hope yeah. that he was getting a level of care that he would have gotten. Yeah. Theoretically had he been in Canada or the U S um, yeah, it's just really, really tragic. Anytime a young person, especially, a young athlete with so much promise uh, has to die of something so unfair. So yeah, thoughts and thoughts and prayers to him, his family, the fan base, everyone else. It's yeah, it's really it was, really tough news. It was actually 2022. I, I thought it was longer ago than that. It's February 2022. Yeah, I mean uh, year and a half, but yeah, I mean you have to imagine there were some really really tough days in, be- in between that diagnosis. Um, yeah. So yeah, thoughts out to him, and hopefully his his legacy will live on. Yeah, we all know somebody in our lives that has been affected by by cancer, uh, whether it's friends, family. Uh, you know, it's just uh, it's a very unforgiving, um, you know, terrible, terrible disease, and it just sucks to hear news like that. Um, and but transitioning out of that uh, unfortunate news, uh, you you did bring up before the show that Matthew Fairburn from the Athletic did drop his latest uh, prospect rankings uh for the sabers and some you know it, we, you know easy names to know that you, you would expect to see on there but we can just rip through those real quick before we could go over to billy jaffe yeah um so he released his one through five initially uh two days ago uh and then six through ten today i think the one through five is a very uh intriguing discussion i think we can i think start at five um and then go from there mm-hmm. um and maybe list them out and then and then just figure it out. So five, he has Noah Ostland, the uh, first round pick from 2022. Uh, he was one of the three first round picks uh, of that draft from the Sabres. They selected Matthew Savoy first, Noah Ostland second, and uh, Isaac Rosine third, correct? Mm-hmm. Or was it uh, Rosine third or, or Rosine second and Ostland third? Either way, uh, I think those- it's so, uh, one through five. Are we talking about one through five? No, no. From I'm saying from the the 22, um, 2022 first round. Oh, uh, the, the order first, in which they were picked. I think it was the first round. Uh, first rounds. Uh, it was Savoy. I think Ostland and then and Kulik. Yeah, Kulik was later on because I remember people always ask like, "How did this guy fall this deep in the oh, first round?" That's my bad. Uh, Rosine was in 2021. Yeah, and yeah, Kulik. he Rosine. No, Rosine went well the same year as Power. Right. So uh, that year that the Sabres had three first-round picks, um, Ostland was the second. Um, so coming at number four, uh, I think, was uh, was Matthew Savoy, uh, which I think is you can you can chime in on if you're surprised by that. Um, I think a lot of people have really high hopes for Matthew Savoy. Uh, I think he was the number nine overall pick. Yeah, nine overall pick in 2022. That's a pretty high draft slot. And last be... year, and last year in junior, he had 124 points and 81 games. <laughs> so, so obviously, still very young, 19 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, he is five nine, 179 pounds, so relatively on the smaller side. But for the 2022 ninth overall pick with 120 points in 80 games this past season in the WHL, with a stronger end of the season than beginning of the season. 
Yeah. Uh, really, really strong playoffs. For him to be the fourth best prospect, debatably, in the Sabre system, and, it's and, not, a bad pro- not a bad problem to have. Well, even, even Matthews suggests it has nothing to do with the player. No. It has to do with the fact that the Sabres prospect pool is so strong. I mean, that's what that's what the discussion is. That's nothing. Yeah. That's saying nothing bad that's about nothing Matthews. bad about him. No. Yeah. Um, um, I think it, at least like it's interesting because I think it, it allows him room more room for growth. Uh, theoretically, that it, he doesn't make the Sabres this year and goes back to to the WHL, it's just another year for him to develop. People are acting like this dude is a bust. I think I think that might just be trolls on Twitter. But at the end of the day, he's 19 years old and he's a smaller guy. He has room to improve in both his body and his game. Um, and he can only get better. Uh, I think that is the silver lining here with something like that. Um, coming in at number three uh, was Yuri Kulik. And I think he does come in at number three because of his performance in the AHL this past season. An absolute, um, he is an absolute menace. I mean, his 24 goals were second most by an 18-year-old in AHL history. And that's, like that's that, all you need to know. People don't realize like that. Like, it's not like he made you know. It, you know, it's not like you're going back like kind of like Savoy. He went and scored 124 points in junior at the same age. You know what I mean? Like, he's playing with men in the AHL, pr- true professionals, like guys who. Whether they're they're ranging from the ages of eighteen to thirty, whatever, you know what I mean. And, and like these are full grown adults that hit like full grown like pro hockey players. So to to score twenty four goals as an eighteen year old, and just the way he was scoring those goals, you know, I, again, guy performed performed so well. Uh, and we've all kind of said it, you know, he's the he he's the choice to replace uh Olofsson when that when that day does come at a much cheaper obviously cheaper price tag but uh guy has a lethal shot and just sees the ice so well he's also 19 years old yes he is a little bit bigger he's 5'11 um 170 pounds so a little bit skinnier um than Savoy is but he seems like his game when he fell to 28 I think everybody was surprised because his game felt pro ready, especially from uh, the perspective that he had an NHL level shot. I think the other aspects of his game were his skating and his physicality that he needed to round out a little bit. And he probably still does. Um, he had a pretty good playoffs. It wasn't as good as re- his regular season, but I think everything about him screams upside. And it also screams putting him on the taxi squad and getting him up to the NHL potentially with the first injury. Like he might be the first call up for the Sabres this season, if not making the roster directly out of camp. So we'll see what happens with that. But putting him at, putting him at number three in these rankings ahead of Savoy, I guess there's potentially a debate there. Feels right just based upon how he produced in the the AHL this past season. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, uh, a name not too many people have heard about, uh, Devin Levi. Who's that guy? Yeah, who's he? Uh, mm-hmm. Still crazy to think that he's a prospect. Right, I I, I was surprised. That, to, I was surprised to see him on the list. I honestly, without looking at it before, I just opened it as we started talking about it because I kind of wanted to have like my reaction be live to that list. Um, I was surprised that he was on it too because he's he's gonna be on that. He's gonna be on the team next year. But, he's the only player on this list that will pr- probably start on the team next year. Yeah, I, I would say so. I would I would definitely say so. Uh, I think he's he's still on it because number one of his age, number two, he only played seven games. So um, he still is considered a rookie. Um, the guys who graduated from the year from the year previous were Owen Power, Jack Quinn, JJ Paterka, and Uko Pekalukin. Mm-hmm. So guys that played a significant amount of games in the in the NHL last season. And if you're playing in the NHL, you're no longer a prospect. I think obviously yeah. we have a teaser of what Devin Levi can do based upon those last seven games and the spot where they needed him. But that's what the synopsis in this uh, article is about. The mm-hmm. team was confident in him in that in those pressure pack games down the stretch. They he reinvigorated the locker room with the types of things he was doing. Uh, the one video that uh, Fairburn put in that post was his save against Nico Heischer in the Devils game. Arguably his best save from his first seven games, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, his lateral quickness and his anticipation. 
and his tracking of the puck and his athleticism. If you go to the post and watch that video, if you don't remember the save, it shows you every single ounce of ceiling that Devin Levi has as a goalie. He saw that play develop before it happened, and it's not like it was lucky. He got over there, and he was there before the puck got there, snatched it, windmill, split, everything you want in a goalie. A little bit of flash, a little bit of cockiness. He sure couldn't believe it. Um, I think of the seven games, that was probably his second worst. Uh, I think the Sabres lost 6-2 to two maybe, or even maybe it was 4-2, 5-2. Either way, the Devils game wasn't his best game, but that was also the second game on uh, a back-to-back after the Rangers shootout win. And it was yeah, even – He played six in a row yeah. in that stretch of games too, which – And it was know, even like slightly surprising that he started that game. We all wanted him to, of course, but at the end yeah. of the day, like he didn't play badly. This, the team just didn't play well in front of him. Exactly. Um, I, I, well, like piggybacking everything you said about his game – his feet they're so calm yet chaotic at the same time when if you're a goalie and you watch Devin Levi's feet as he you know how aggressive he gets out of his paint and how he tracks the puck obviously you know his puck tracking is superb but just watch his feet I remember like watching his bean pot shootout uh when they was it against Boston the uh Harvard Harvard sorry Harvard um how aggressive he got out and just his depth control, and you just watch his feet and how quickly, how calm yet chaotic they can be. And just he never gets himself caught too far out of his net. He never backs in too quickly to give a shooter advantage. Um, you know, he's really – and he even said it on our podcast. Like, he doesn't believe in the size thing. You know, it's all about, you know, your mechanics and just knowing how – knowing where you are in your net, how to, how to be aggressive, how to control your depth. Like, just the way he broke it down. I wish I could just quote him verbatim. I, go back and talk about it. The guy is just literally – just everything is advertised. Yeah. Um, and, 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 you know, we'll get to number, number one here on this list. But I really think if, if you're going to if you're gonna include Devin Levi on this list, number one and number two could have been pretty interchangeable. Yeah. He, I mean, I personally think that given that – Levi's on the list. I think he should have been number one, given yes, what he's going to be for the t- for the team this season. Um, but yeah, I also think it's true. it's it's potentially uh, says even more about number one, which I'll get to in a second. Just one more thing on his feet: um, the Coronado shootout uh, save that he had to win the Bean Pot. I thought was very similar to the save he had against Patrick Kane in the Rangers shootout. And I remember going back to the replay from the other end of the ice, or it was like the zoomed in version from the middle ice camera where it zoomed in on his like five or six very quick shuffles as he's going from right to left. Yep. The ability to do that very quickly also stay balanced and in position is uncanny. I mean, I try to work on my shuffles and T pushes. This is really getting into the nitty gritty of goalie here. If you know what C cuts shuffles and T pushes are, you are a goalie. Um, But in layman's terms, it's moving across your crease in an efficient but also very, very steady way and not getting off balance and staying square to the shooter and doing it in a way where you're still challenging the shooter but you're tracking the puck at the same time. Um, it's a very difficult thing to do, and the depth control and the balance and everything about it is not easy. Uh, I've always said that size shouldn't be a factor for goalies either. It's a real shame that Goalies under 5'11 aren't considered for top programs or juniors or anything else just automatically. Like a goalie should be considered how they play the game. Mm-hmm. And if their numbers are as good as a guy who's 6'4, but he's five inches shorter, who gives a shit? I'm just not oh, as good okay. as Devin. I'm just not as good as Devin Levi. Nobody else is no, for that no. size. But he's just a remarkably good goalie. His yeah. reflexes, his athleticism, everything about him. Like we talked about last podcast, like it reminds me of UC Saros. It reminds me of Marc Andre Fleury. It reminds me. Him, of, I would say him and say Johnny Quick in terms yeah, of size. Yeah, the athleticism like, and everything else about it. Like when you are that size, you need those reflexes. You need that uh, flexibility. You need everything about that to get across your quick crease a little bit quicker than Andre Vasilevsky, who's six seven. So I think we've. We belabored the point about how excited we am we are about him, but just from a pure technical standpoint, that save on Nico Heischer, the Patrick Kane shootout um, 
save and the save uh, at Boston University and the Bean Pot. Three great examples of what to be excited for for Devin Levi moving forward. Mm-hmm. So I, uh, we get to number one, and I mean it's not hard to guess Zach Benson. Um, this year's this year's uh, first round pick, I believe it was was it eight? It was thirteen. Thirteen. I'm sorry, thirteen. I mean the fact that it was thirteen is insane. Yeah, I, yeah. He, the fact he was he was projected to be a top like five or six pick originally, and teams were kind of. I Man, it just goes to the strength of this draft class, and you see. Uh, Michev, how how far he um, uh, is it? Mich- Michev, yeah, um, Mate Michkov, Mate Michkov, yeah. Sorry, how far he dropped because of obviously the uh, rumors that he, you know, how difficult he'd be for him to come over and play in the NHL, much like most Russian players, you know, who do play in the KHL. Uh, you know, you know, he eventually fell to Philly, and I think that really helped you know, shake up the rest of the draft board, you know, sort of players fall, you know, where they might have, should have, maybe, maybe again, Benson should have been a top, easy, a top 10 pick, easily a top 10 pick. And he probably wasn't because of his size. Yes, exactly. Team Teams are afraid to draft because of size and it just drives me nuts because look at Cole Caulfield. Cole, Phil, Cole, Cole, Cole Caulfield is going to be an absolute stud in this league at some point in his career. Yeah. By none other. Look at look at Braden Point. Yep. Call Caulfield led by one of the original small guys, Martin St. Louis, over in uh in Montreal. So and Cole Caulfield's uh bread and butter is his shot. Yep. Zach so. Benson's bread and butter is his compete level and his playmaking ability. Um, I think um one guy on Twitter right after the Sabres drafted him says that he's tracked every NHL draft prospect for the past 10 years. And the only person that graded higher in terms of expected goals and assists from playmaking ability, I think it was expected assists, basically playmaking ability in the past 10 years, NHL draft prospects, Connor McDavid. What was McDavid? Oh, I thought I talking about from, from this past. No, no. In the past 10 years of NHL draft prospects, the only person who had a higher expected assists or expect like, best plays um, available on the ice from what he did for the amount of plays that he tracked, which is a lot was Connor McDavid. Yeah. That tells you everything you need to know. Connor McDavid is likely going to go down as the best player in NHL history. I think so personally. Yeah. I mean, it's a different game when Gretzky's Wayne Gretzky, Bobby Orr's Bobby Orr, but in the current NHL, it's Connor McDavid and it it will be for the rest of the time. Yep. So, that says everything you need to know about Zach Benson. His watch his highlights, his compete level. Uh, the best way I would describe him is a pest. He back checks and back pressures in the neutral zone, unlike any forward I've ever seen. He picks people off from behind in a way that's like really annoying. But mm-hmm. if he's on your team, you love the guy. Like his defense, if from like an NBA comparison, like I I think of him as like a Patrick Beverly. Like he's mm-hmm. gonna be in your face the entire game. His, his compete level and his try hard and everything about him plays like a guy who's 6'4", and he can battle you for any single puck on the board. And yeah. then his ability to distribute to his teammates and also score goals is also elite and next level. So when you combine all of that, it turns into a complete player that's going to play in the NHL for 10 to 15 years. Um, I, I, I In terms of... After Yuri Kulik, I think Zach Benson's the most intriguing, exciting prospect the Buffalo Sabres have. Right I now. think if he comes comes into camp and wows as much as we think he could, it's not out of the question that he could be on the team. And Ryan John, I know he's probably Ryan Johnson, probably in the six for ten. Uh, you know, again, we won't get to that because we want to kick it over to Billy Jaffe's interview that I did with him uh, two days ago. Uh, Ryan Johnson's another intriguing defensive prospect that, you know, finally Buffalo was able to sign in this uh, ELC uh, earlier this offseason. Uh, you know, there's a lot of names, you know. Wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to put Ryan Johnson on the third pair with Eric Johnson. That'd be a lot of fun. Johnson, Johnson connection. Johnson and Johnson, the young yeah. guy and the old guy. Uh, nurture him. Uh, a left-handed defenseman with a right-handed defenseman. A stay-at-home guy with a playmaking guy. Uh I mean, I wouldn't hate it, especially if you find a trade for Yoki Haru or Labushkin or Stillman or any one of these guys. Yep. Um, someone's got to go, right? Yep. So get a young guy in there, uh, mm-hmm. make the ceiling a lot higher, and then you see what happens. But, yeah, I think long story short, 
the Sabres prospect uh, pipeline is absolutely loaded. The future is insanely bright. Yeah. Um, and I think you were talking about it earlier, like a lot of people are excited for Bill's season. I'm not that excited for the regular season just because this team is way past the point of expectations. They, the only thing that matters for the Bills right now is the playoffs. Yeah. And good, anything good. what. Anything less than a Super Bowl appearance this season is a disappointment. Yeah, so, it, it, it's Super Bowl or bust right now. And not even winning the Super Bowl. Just get there. I, just I, get would there. Ar- I, would, I would argue. Anything can happen once you get there, man. I know. I would argue winning it, anything but winning it is a disappointment. But I think every Bills fan would be happy if they just got to the Super Bowl in Las Vegas this season. If they lost yeah. another if they lost another one, you lose the game. Who cares? Um, what's, another, what's another Super Bowl yeah. loss? We can handle that. And, and, Eli Manning, and Eli Manning's proven that if you get there, anything can happen. Yeah. Nick I'm, Foles as well. <laughs> I am. And also, like, the AFC is going to be better than the NFC this year. I think the Bills would be favored over any single NFC opponent they could, they could come against. Unless, unless the 49ers or the Eagles had an exactly. insane season, I really, did, I really don't believe they would be uh, underdogs. Long story short, I'm way more excited for this Buffalo Sabres regular season. Oh, my. Um, right there. That, oh, that opening night game against the Rangers with Devin Levi in net. Uh, every single division game is going to matter because you know that this team is going to be in the mix. Um, hopefully we get better injury luck. Jack Quinn comes back soon. I'm so much more excited for the start of the Sabres regular season than I am for the Bills. So we'll see what happens, but this is going to be a really, really fun season. Uh, and with that being said, we're going to kick it over to uh, Billy Jaffe, who I interviewed two days ago. Hold on. Oh, one more time. We're going to watch my team one more time. You know what? Um, Unfortunately, my live barn is horrible quality. And when you go back and like try to find a save, like I'm going to attempt to figure it out. Next time I make one, um, maybe make the quality better somehow. But I'm gonna I'm gonna get you back on this one. You're not gonna one up me with that. You're not gonna one up me with that. I've got some pad saves across the net recently that I think are arguably just as good. Are they windmills? Are they two pad jammers? I mean, I mean, like not necessarily as flashy, no? but okay. in terms of like the level of difficulty, I think right up there. All right. Well. Without further ado, we will finally kick it over to Billy Jaffe from NESN and uh, Jet, uh, better known from his podcast. Uh, and sorry, again, the name I, I subscribe to, which is embarrassing, uh, his podcast with NESN, Morning Brew with uh, Jaffe and uh, Raycroft. Uh, or Razor, sorry. Yeah, Morning Brew with uh, uh, Jaffe and uh, Razor. So, without further ado, we'll kick it over to them. Uh, thanks for hopping on with us tonight, boys. Uh, boys and ladies, girls, everybody. Thanks for hopping on. I, I totally butchered that transition. Sorry, guys. People. <laughs> people. 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 We don't assume All gender. The people. On, we, don't, we don't assume gender on this podcast. No. Men, women, children. God, I hope children are watching this. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, anyways, without further ado, Billy Jaffe. Uh, Appreciate you coming on, and here is our interview with him uh, earlier this week. We'll talk to you later. Welcome, everybody, to episode 135 of Two Goalies, One Mike, brought to you by Outlet Liquor, the place to buy a case over on George Roman Boulevard. Tell them the boys from Two Goalies, One Mike, sent you. I am joined today by none other reoccurring guest, uh, Billy Jaffe from Nesson Network, uh, covers the Bruins over there in Boston. Billy, thanks for uh, popping on with us, bud. Always a pleasure. Glad we can make it work. Absolutely. Um, you know, a lot kind of going on in Boston. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, listen, last year, everybody, I wouldn't say everybody, but a lot of people kind of picked the Bruins to be the one team that would kind of maybe fall out of the playoff picture. Mm-hmm. And then they went on to have the greatest season in NHL history. Um, nobody, you know, no betting man saw that coming. Um, you know, you had Linus Olmark have a Vesna season uh, in that former Buffalo Sabre, uh, you know, begrudgingly. Um, you know, you had so many guys step up. Uh, Bergeron was Bergeron. Um, and just 
you kind of you kind of went all in at the deadline, and obviously things didn't go the way you you obviously would have wanted in the playoffs. But you still had a very 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 unforgettable season. Um, this season, could this be the year th- this season that people predicted last year? Um, yeah, sure, I guess it could because you know even though the Bruins have pretty good players still. They don't have the depth that they had before. There's no question about that. You don't know what kind of injuries they're going to face. That could impact the depth even more. Um, you know, is a player, you, you mentioned Lena Solmark, is Lena Solmark going to have a similar type performance here? Well, we don't know yet. Um, I do think that the depth is going to get challenged at times. They've made some interesting acquisitions. Uh, the Kevin Shattenkirk's James Van Riemsdyke, uh, Morgan Geeky, does he have the upside that he thinks he does and that some people do, you know, the, in the analytics community do? I, I don't know yet. I'm not I'm not sure. So is this a year that that they don't uh, shine? Well, I don't know. I, I still think they're pretty good. I, I still think, I think so you know, 135 points last year in an unforgettable year, as you mentioned. But let's just say. If they were to earn 40 points less, okay, 40 fewer points, that would still put them in a playoff position. Now, they might be in that seven through nine spot, right, battling for eight. But that's 40 points. So that's that's, that means they would lose 20 more games, which, I mean, that would be an awful lot. I'm trying to be logical looking at it. I still think they're good enough to make a playoff run, but I, I I do understand that if this is the team that they go to battle with, so to speak, in a month or so, month and a half, um, that there will be challenges for this team because they've lost an awful lot off their roster from last season. And it's not even it's not even just you know that you lost a lot; it's who you lost. Right. Right. Bergeron still had a great year last season. Like he had his age, you know, and he, I don't even know if like, as long as you take care of your body, I know he had some injury issues early in his career. As long as you take care of your body, you could play long, You could play into your late thirties. Look at Alex Ovechkin right now. I mean, mm-hmm. the guy has been, stayed relatively healthy his entire season. I mean, realistically, he would probably break Gretzky's record this year. Had it not been for lockout and COVID shortened seasons, but I mean, Bergeron at his age still put on had a phenomenal season, and it's not even just offensively what he does. He yep. is one of the most complete 200-foot hockey players the game has ever seen. Uh, you know, you, you lose a guy like that, I mean. But, now, okay, so you lose Bergeron. You lose Krejci. Um, those are – your both had 50, what, eight points, give or take. I, I don't remember exactly, but – they're also Spurgeon dominant in the faceoff circle, one of yep. your top penalty killers. Krejci, one of your top power play guys, too. Another fake good faceoff guy. Um, so you're losing these little things that all that add up. Um, yeah, I mean, who's the guy that's gonna go on the ice first for a D zone faceoff in, in in the in a major situation? It's Bergeron. He's 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 yep. gonna go out there. So you lose those players, and then the additions that you made in Orlov and Hathaway. They're gone. Bertuzzi, he brought some swagger, some I love flair. Him. You guys, yeah. Know. I mean, and and you know, so you lose that. Okay, but they were only there for two months, those yeah. guys. But now you lose a guy like Connor Clifton, who good for Connor. Cliffy, or you know, goes to Buffalo, as you know, gets a contract that he couldn't get with the Bruins due to salary cap restraints. Yep. Good for him. You know, he's a depth defenseman. But you need those guys. You need yep. So, and he's physical. So you lose an awful lot of players that had significant roles with this team. Yeah, and you know we'll get in. We'll get into uh, Clifton here in a few minutes because I definitely want more of your uh, you know insight on him. Uh, he's be playing a much bigger role in Buffalo than he probably did in Boston. But you know, but depth. I think that's where you're going to be lacking the most next year. You mentioned those names that you lose. Top of list again, Bergeron, Krejci, mm-hmm. Orloff. I, again, when you guys got Bertuzzi, I'm like, find a guy more fit for his city than Bertuzzi. Mm-hmm. Like, style of hockey he plays. Like, it's just, you know, I'm sure Bruins fans, I know Bruins fans were through the roof when that deal was announced. Mm-hmm. And I was, you know, I'm like, 
Grant, I'm a Sabres fan. I didn't want you to resign him, but I mean, that's a guy that is very difficult to play against. He has offense. He's almost, I don't want to say, I don't want to make the comparison as player, but he's almost like a poor man's Matthew Kachuk. You know, he's not going to get you the points. He's not the skill level, but he can score, he can produce, and he's going to make you think twice when you go into a corner or go to the front of the net. Yeah, and and he's well, he's willing to go to the front. That's and that's a, a big deal too, right? Uh, and he seems to be. He, I'll tell you what he was that we didn't realize. He's a much better passer than mm-hmm. any of us realized too. He he was really excellent at that. But he's got I, I don't know, he's got grit. I don't know about snarl, but he's got grit to his game. And he brought him, you know, he he brought his game up, and you know, again, he he. He had to test the market. He should have because that's what you do when you've earned it. Mm-hmm. I think his agent overread the market, I think, or underread maybe is the better term. Yep. Um, or overestimated the market. But now he's in a place where maybe with the salary cap going up after next season and maybe they'll have a, a, a major type of season in Toronto that he could set himself up. But it's just a one-year deal. But I get it. But, yeah, he was an important player. We all thought it was a great addition. Uh, you got to give Don Sweeney a lot of credit. He 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 went out and did what his team needed him to do, and then obviously they didn't come through for him or them uh, in the playoffs. But you know, I mean, it's the old "that's why they play the game" type thing, and and that's why playoff hockey is so amazingly um, unpredictable. Unpredictable, but also it's just this. It's 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 a, it's almost like a narcotic. It really is. That's that's why it is. It's so freaking addictive because of things that like that that happen it pains me to say it being a you know involved with the Bruins as much as I am but that's what makes playoff hockey so addictive to watch is the it uncertainty is. of it you know you, you you mentioned bringing in geeky uh played two se- past two years with Seattle um obviously he's not going to be a guy that's to be expected to fill Berger on shoes but you know uh in the uh inaugural season with Seattle you know he was uh, a dash 16 22 points but had a Definitely a much better season this year. Roughly the same amount of games, 28 points, but he was a plus 14. I know plus minus doesn't tell you the entire story about a player, but it is it is a, ty- a, a stat that you should pay attention to. Um, I mean, where does he fit into this lineup? Because, again, you lose um, that number one center in Bergeron. You know, how do you fill his shoes? Well, if you don't go out and make a deal – between now and the beginning of the regular season. And 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 the most logical on paper or on a podcast to talk about in yeah. playing armchair GM is Elias Lindholm of Calgary. Mm-hmm. Last year of his contract. Um, and then you'd sign him to a bigger, you know, deal. You can't can't trade for him unless you have a deal in place, though, you know, before that. You can't take that chance. Mm-hmm. Do the Bruins have enough to get him rhetorically asking? I'm not sure they do. Not I'm not sure if they do, but that would be the best way to replace a guy like Bergeron with a Bergeron-like player. Yep. And Lindholm, who's in his prime and would probably be set up for another five, six years to be, you know, so to speak, in his prime. Otherwise, you go with Pavel Zaka and Charlie Coyle, and then you start saying, okay, who else do we have? Now, Morgan Geeky is a player that can play center, but I also think that they're I think they're looking at him to play right wing, Dwayne. I do. I think that they're had idea. I think he played some uh, he played some on the right side this past season. Yeah. Yeah, he did more. And you know, is his upside what some people analytically speaking suggest it could be? I respect analytics. I don't know about them though all the time. And and yeah. and therefore I need to see a player 20 games and I'll tell you what I really think. Now I've seen Geeky play from afar, but now I get to see Morgan Geeky play up close. And then I'll have a much uh, better take at least my yeah. take on it. Trust me, I'm right there with you on analytics. Like I understand it's an important thing to have in your organization, those people that pay as much attention as they do, but it's yeah, not of course it. Never tells you the entire story. Well, um, you know, you mentioned plus minus, okay? And yeah. I don't need to get off on it too much here. But two years ago, the Seattle Kraken goalies were awful. Awful. Yeah. Now, their defense was eh, but their their goaltending was awful. Uh-huh. Much better this year. The team was better, deeper. 
mm-hmm. played a little bit different style. It was go, go, go. They play a very, what I, I would almost call unique. I mean, their fourth line got an awful lot of opportunity because they just, they felt like one through four were almost the exact same and we're just going to go. Very, very yep. different than some other teams out there. But their goaltenders yep. were good. Even a guy like Marty Jones for a while was really good. Mm-hmm. Really good. And it was, you know, Grubauer the first year was, oh my God, you kidding me? Yeah. So I think that that played a big difference as too into the plus minus for some of these guys. So let's let's see what a guy like Geeky brings. The Bruins do need yeah. some help, especially on the right side. Remember, Jabrusk, a lefty playing the off wing, right? You know, mm-hmm. not that he and he likes it, but could you put him back to his natural side if a guy like Geeky can play the right? I think those are some of the the, the, the things they need to work through. I'm not going to get into the the depth guys from the American League, but the Bruins have two or three guys that they'll look at to to try and play parts of, of that third, fourth line. But I think a guy like Morgan Geeky will get a good chance, but I do think that it, it might be a, at wing first before center. I, I, I couldn't actually, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, Paul Balzaka, I think he's the guy that's going to be, you know, be first up to try and fill in for what Bergeron, I think you're going to be driving a lot of your offense from your wings now, um, especially with pasta. You're going to have to, I think, but pasta is the type of player that makes everyone around him better. Even if he's not playing up the middle, um, he's just that talented and, you know, one of the best goal scorers in the, in the world. And, uh, but you need like, to get him the puck. Exactly. You need to get him in puck, and that's where the center distribution yep. is key. Uh-huh. Um, so I, I do think that, you know, they're going to have to, as you mentioned, drive offense from the wings. Uh-huh. You know, Marshand, he's still got a lot left. And remember, last year was his fir- first year back with the hip stuff, and they say just like knee operations, those hip uh-huh. inj- uh, injuries uh, that he had take a full year. So let's see where, where where he's at. So, he you know, he could drive a lot of offense too. Um yep. But you bring up Pavel Zaka, and I mean, I loved watching him play. But good player, he's a great player. But again, he played an awful. I don't have the exact amount of games. He played a fair amount on the wing again, though, until he did get moved to center at times. Center's his natural position from his younger days, but he played a lot of wing with New Jersey too. What is he as a center? I don't know. We're going to wait and see. Can he handle top line minutes? We're going to find out because I do think that he's going to have to, if, if this is the Bruins roster, then he's the natural fit is what we will call the number one center. Not sure yet if he is. I mean, Charlie That's Coyle can play up, but Charlie Coyle is best served as a beast of a number three center that plays yep. significant minutes, even strength, penalty kill. And then at, you know, at, at, at certain, you know, kill times, I don't mean PK time. I mean, you know, end of period, important face-off, et cetera. A lot of times, Charlie Coyle, with even these other centers here, would get more ice time on average because of the situational situ- uh, situations where he'd be out there. But I still think when it's all said and done, he's best as a three-seat. But he probably elevates to a two-slot this year if this is their lineup, and that means Zaka gets anointed, so to speak, anointed, yeah. number one. Is Marshan the next captain? I think so. I, I do. Um, he only has a year left on his deal. But I gotta he's imagine he's a know, life he's life. a right, he's gotta be. Like I was talking to somebody before. Look, this is up to Brad. Maybe he takes a look to see where is the team, what direction is it heading. Um, do I want another shot at a Stanley Cup if the Bruins, if he deems aren't there? I don't know all that. We don't know all this. So yep. you know, he's gonna be 35 when this deal's done. He still has, I think, some time left to pre yeah. to produce. But I think that they give him the C, and I hope, I do, I hope that he's, you know, let's say I'm going to make it up another two-year deal after this, and then you go year by year after that, and you see where he's at. After Brad, there's there's definitely David Pasternak and Charlie McAvoy to consider as leaders of this team. McAvoy is a very, he's been learning. He's a very astute player. I love watching him play. Yeah. He's been learning over the years from guys like uh, Zidane Ochar, Patrice Bergeron. Such a Um, cool skater. Yeah. Yeah. Very powerful in that regard. And he's young and he's now he's locked up. He's starting his mega extension starting this year. Yep. Um, Two less. I know we got to let you go here, but one name I can't believe hasn't been brought up yet. Milan Lucic. What is that doing for the fan base and where does he fit in? Uh, well, for the fan base, I think they're very, very th- thrilled 
um, I think it's a warm hug, so to speak, to have you know, the guy they love calling Luch Luch back. back in. Um, I don't think the expectations are going to be uh, out of the um, – I don't think they're going to be extraordinary. And I, and I mean, people understand where he's at in his career. Yeah. And I, I don't think they're going to be unrealistic. Maybe that's the, the term. You know, I think he's going to be energized or re-energized being back here in Boston. I know how important the city was to him and how important he was to the spoke be uh, playing here. Um, can you get 10, 12 goals out of him, Dwayne? I mean, can you can you get that? And I guarantee couple- he scores opening night. And that place loses its mind. Well, if that happens, I mean, holy shit. Yeah, that that place goes nuts. And, um, you know, now with Toronto bringing in Ryan Reeves, I mean, these are two battleships, man. These are these are both deterrents. Well, last of the heavies, right? I mean, there's maybe a couple of others, maybe legit heavies out there. McDermott and a few other guys. But, I mean, there's nothing. Nothing like, right. Nothing they're, like they're, these they're guys. Near the, they're near the top of the list. Right. Uh, and so is this – are they are they going to be able to go at each other the, the four or five times they play? I, I don't know. But, you know, those are the expectations that Luch will bring, his passion for the city, his passion for the sweater, his intensity. Can he bring it? Can he have a dozen great games, right? And, and, and that's what you get out of him. And then otherwise he's a fourth-line role player, which is important. Yep. But – but losing Bergeron and 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 Krejci to retirement, um, you need leadership. You need and, so, in that room. and now you, you get that from him, and it, and, and it's instant cred. And so I think in that regard, it's great. Now the Bruins brought in Shattenkirk, who's a vet, and Van Riemsdyk, who's a vet, but they don't carry history with the Bruins organization with them. They don't carry the same weight. Right. Um, so that's where it is. And, and the fans are very happy. And, and I think that, you know, he fits in on the fourth line left wing. And uh, I'm looking forward to watching him, you know, be back in the brute in the spoke B. I don't know. Let's see. Let's see how, how, how he can bring it, but I'm excited to see him back. I me, mean, I I'm excited to see what he brings to the, to the team. It'd be fun, 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 fun. Uh, they play the Sabres for sure. Connor Clifton, we brought him up to start, you know, this, you know, we'll talk about mm-hmm. it. Let you go. Um, Going to play a much bigger role in Buffalo. Obviously, you got uh, got to see him play every single game. Yep. Um, he's the role right now you know, is him and Eric Johnson, the two big signings, I guess. Uh, you know, Eric Johnson's probably got one year left in his career, and you mm-hmm. know, a, guy, a good a veteran. He brings a ring to the room. But great guy. He's a great guy too. He's, he's a wonderful speaker, Eric Johnson. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a big fan of his. Big big yeah. fan. You know, we'll see. he's probably a third pair guy there though. Yep. But yes, but I'm, I'm with Connor him. is probably going to slot in right next to Owen Power. They were looking for that guy to play opposite of him. We thought it was going to be Yoki Haru. You know, he was he was never. You know, Owen Power was never playing consistently with the same defenseman yep. like Darlene. It was with Samuelson. Darlene, who's probably going to get again the big big heavy max deal. Same thing with Owen Power. They're looking to extend him for eight seasons. Um, you know. Where do you see how how well do you see him fitting in with Buffalo? Uh, this young, energized team. Some even called them one of the more exciting teams to watch last season. You know, finally, especially after losing Boston native Jack mm-hmm. Eichel in that deal with Vegas, they bring in Alex Tuck, they bring in Peyton Krebs, they bring in uh, a couple picks. Uh, you know, where you know how well do you see him fitting in, and what does he have to offer? What what's the best attribute of his game does he offer Buffalo? Well, he's he, um. He's got swagger. Um, there was a term used for him called Cliffy Hockey, which Cliffy Hockey Love became it. almost Jim Montgomery, to his credit, after about halfway through the year, said, I don't we don't want to use Cliffy Hockey anymore because Cliffy Hockey had the connotation that almost a bit kind of bit of a wild stallion in him where. There were times that it was like, oh, my God, look at that. You know, that it wasn't, it wasn't crazy, but almost on the, the the precipice of being a little out of control, but unpredictable. Mm-hmm. But at other times, and that was great, other times it would hurt Cliffy. And so they called it Cliffy Hockey, meaning, you know, that's Cliffy Hockey. And and Montgomery said, and I'm paraphrasing, you're like, no more of that. Like, that's a that's almost a negative. This is Connor Clifton here. And when Connor Clifton that is best, though, is, is when – he doesn't cross the line. And I don't mean cross the line as in something dirty because he's, 
He's very physical for a kid. His, he's not that big, but he, he hits ferociously for a smaller guy. And he's fearless in that regard. He's got a lot of wonderful, as I said, swagger to it. But at times he would look to go too big. At times he would maybe try and do a little too much and maybe run out of position a little here and there. I think the old less is more is huge for Connor Clifton. I do think knowing that he signed a nice contract, which, by the way, he earned, I he wasn't agree. underpaid for the last few years. But because the Bruins took a chance on him and he and he was producing, but they said, look, we'll give you one million a year. We'll give you a guarantee for what was it? Three, four years. But this is what we can offer you. And he jumped on it. Now he's like, look, I've earned this more money. And my one thing I'm going to question or wonder is, you know, he's going to see higher level competition playing with a guy like power. Or if he ends up playing with Darlene, then perhaps he did as a third pair guy with the Bruins behind McAvoy and uh -huh. Carlo. So how does that play out in the end? We'll have to wait and see. He's going to be playing with a really great, big, young, dynamic defenseman. Again, whether it's power, who we think it's going to be, uh -huh. or Darlene, probably not. But but either way, he's going to see tough competition. And I believe, if I remember correctly, this year was his career high in average time on ice, about 1745 yeah. or so in there. So he may, you know, can he sustain 19 minutes a game? That that responsibility that comes, yep. we'll see. We'll see. I'm rooting for him. I he's, think he's, he's got a great way about him. I'm a big, big fan of his, and I hope he does really well. I really I do. Love, I love it that he's willing to hit anything that moves. And Loves I, it, yeah. You know, he – Playing only you know 16, 17 minutes a night last last year, he's gonna be. But it's probably gonna take like a roughly two and a half, three minute bump. I would expect you know possibly a career high in points, especially playing with a guy like Power five on five. You know, a dynamic player, and you know, obviously this young Sabers team. Um, again, you know, you got guys like Tate. You know, who I mean, who, you, who are you most excited about? Not that you'd be excited about any player on the Sabers, but. What is your opinion of that roster? Like some, some, somebody well, asked me to ask you, would you swap the Bruins roster with Buffalo's right now? I mean, not that you should answer that question, but a lot of things. I mean, you know what? You know what? There's a lot of unproven still with the Sabres. And while it was a nice story last year, they still hiccup down the end. I know they only finished, a, what was it, a point or two eventually out of the playoffs. Point, yeah, one point. But but there was a stretch in March where they couldn't get a, a – they couldn't – they didn't do well again. They kind of – they, they had a few games where you're like, oh, they got to win that game, every and they didn't. Every and year in March. Every year, right. So so this, to me, is while it's an exciting young roster, still unproven. The kid that interests me a tons, I mean, a ton is Dylan Cousins. I mean, does he become that kind of second-line guy that, like a David Krejci, that really completes your team? And next thing you know, you're like, holy shit, how did he get 80 points this year? You know, how did he how did he do that? And so as much as, you know, it's hard not to love Tage Thompson. Tage Thompson's going to have to step up even more, like yep. all eyes on him. He's going to if this team's going to be successful, he has to. You, you've got the defensive base there of, of Darlene and power. But again, to me, believe it or not, Dwayne, I still think they're unproven. Like, I, you know, can they handle the wherewithal? The the, the 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 playoff March type where with all when it's all set up we, we still don't know don't know because they'd never seen it <laughs> right and lastly the big thing is goal I mean it's pretty obvious what's going to happen whether it's Devin Levi is it Comrie is it do they do something else? I don't know I, I I don't know when it's all said and done I mean I saw Levi play an awful lot in college Eastern yep it, it, and and I love his his attitude uh, I love how confident he is uh, but when it's all said and done. I, you know, look, he couldn't have asked for a better debut in the NHL, a few games and stuff. But, you know, I don't remember how many games he played. But, you know, eight games at the end of one year yeah. is a lot different than 42 in and a he, full season. He played six in a row and the most important games of the season. And he definitely stepped up and he and he and he gave them awesome. a, gave him the chance. Uh, Dylan Cousins, I would say he reminds me, you might, you know, you, you might agree, uh, more skilled version of Michael Pekka. I, I love yeah, watching. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, I can see it. I think that he's I, – I mean, watching him more like this past season, I found it just intriguing how young he is, how uh, mature I thought at times his game was. Uh -huh. uh, again, confident. So those are the players that, that excite me. I mean, it's hard not to get excited about a lot of the players yep. that Buffalo has, but I'll keep repeating myself. 
unproven. They they're unproven. They are. I, I agree to an extent. I agree to an extent. This is this is a make or break year. A lot of people expect playoffs. Uh, Billy, thanks for hopping on, only man. I know you stuck you stay you, you stuck it out with me for a few extra minutes. I I really do appreciate it. Um, guys, uh, go check him out on uh, Nessa Network. One of the best uh, Boston has to offer. Uh, you know. And if and, you want uh, a great Bruins podcast like yours on the Sabers. Morning Brew, B-R-U, with Jaffe and Razor. Ray, Andrew I, Ray am, I am a subscriber. I do check it out whenever I can, uh, especially Thanks, at work. Buddy. It's an easy listen at work. So, uh, guys, this is, uh, you know, been episode 135 of Two Goalies, One Mike. We will be right back with you in a few moments where I'll be joined by my normal co-host, Connor Hurley Hurls. I uh, couldn't make it onto the interview with uh, Billy. Uh, Billy, again, thanks for copping on, and uh, we'll talk to you later, bud. See you later. Appreciate it. Take care. Hey, everybody, this is Dwayne from Two Goalies on Mike, a show where we give you a behind-the-mask coverage of the greatest sport on earth, whether it be happening right here in Buffalo or around the hockey world. Now you might be thinking, hey, Dwayne, why would I want to hear what you two idiots have to say about hockey? Well, first of all, rude. Second of all, we bring in coaches, players, analysts from your favorite programs from ESPN to Sportsnet to TSN. We're always on it. If you're a Sabres fan or just a hockey fan, you can download us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, you can check us out at trainwreckSports.com or the Dean Blundell Podcasting Network. Thank you for your support, guys, and I'll hang up and listen. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network.